0: Okay, hello, my name is Eric Vellum, I'm with Christ Only Ministries, preaching the Word of Christ to the world and, uh, and beyond, uh, to the entire universe, if it'll listen. Um, so, uh, let's start this uh, session with, um, with a prayer. And then we'll move on to a, a reading, and uh, then I'll get into the crux of the uh, of this uh, session. And uh, so uh, let's pray first, Father. We uh, we uh, thank you, Lord, for uh, your grace, for your forgiveness, for uh, showering blessings upon us. That uh, Father, that the ones we recognize as well as uh, the ones we we don't recognize, and uh, especially to, uh, onto your family of believers, and uh, Father, we uh, thank you that uh, you have not left us here as orphans, but have indeed uh, made your habitation amongst us and in us by your Spirit, Father. And uh, so, Lord, we just uh, pray that this uh, these words would be uh, edifying to the. To the body of christ and uh, pleasing to your ear and to your heart as well i pray that uh, these words would not be um, my words but they would be the words uh, of uh, from your um, uh, heart from your uh, will and that uh, lord they would just be uh, words of wisdom words of grace words of encouragement and uh words of uh rebuke where they're needed and lord we just um we just uh ask you to bless this session and uh those who uh, are listening i just pray that uh uh father they have ears to hear and uh, eyes to see and hearts to uh believe and minds to understand and um so uh lord we thank you for all things and we worship and we praise you as uh, on, on the awesome and uh, holy one, and uh, Father, we just uh, thank you for all things. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. So I'm going to read from First Kings chapter uh, chapter three, and I'm going to start at 16. The preceding uh, scriptures are about. Solomon having a dream and 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 uh God is uh c- has come to him in to him in his dream and um and has uh offered to Solomon to give him anything that he uh that he desires and uh and so uh instead of asking for personal wealth or personal uh uh, advancement or advantage, or uh, or the things that the uh, world so often covets, Solomon asks for a discerning and wise heart to rule his people. And uh, so, chapter 16 comes uh, starts in at where he um, now can employ the wisdom that God was pleased to give him. And, uh, and God was very pleased that Solomon did not ask for uh, all these uh, other things, uh, riches and long life and, and those type of things, but he asked for wisdom, and God was very, very pleased with that. And uh, not only did he give, give uh, Solomon wisdom, he gave, him, he gave him these other things as well and blessed him uh, greatly. And so here, uh, starting in 16, Solomon has an opportunity to, to display this wisdom, and so uh, he does, and so 16 starts, Now two prostitutes came to the king and stood before him. One of them said, My lord, this woman and I live in the same house. I had a baby while she was there with me. The third day after my child was born, this woman also had a baby. We were alone. There was no one in the house but the two of us. During the night, this woman's son died because she lay on him. So she got up in the middle of the night, took my son from my side while I, was, while I, your servant, was asleep. She put him by her breast, and put her dead son by my breast. The next morning I got up to nurse my son, and he was dead, but when I looked at him closely in the morning light, I saw that it wasn't the son I had borne. The other woman said, No! The living one is my son, the dead one is yours. But the first one insisted, No, the dead one is yours, the living one is mine. And so they argued before the king. The king said, This one says, My son is alive and your son is dead. While that one says, No, your son is dead and mine is alive. Then the king said, Bring me a sword. So they brought a sword for the king. He then gave an order, Cut the living child in two and give half to one and half to the other. The woman whose son was alive was filled with compassion for her son and said to the king, Please, my lord, give her the living baby. Don't kill him. But the other said, Neither I nor you shall have him. Cut him in two. then Then the king gave his ruling. Give the living baby to the first woman. Do not kill him. She is his mother. And when all Israel heard the verdict the king had given, they held the king in awe because they saw that he had wisdom from God to administer Justice. So this is a story that's commonly referred to or commonly uh, mentioned. This story here as an illustration of uh, of the wisdom of of Solomon, and uh, rightly so because it is an illustration of his of his uh, wisdom, and it's uh, and it's one that has been uh, used throughout as uh, in our culture and and uh, other cultures as a uh, as a um, a reference to uh to wisdom and uh you know you hear it mentioned now and then and 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 uh when certain subjects come up you know about solomon and and you know cutting the baby in two and and how this is a uh certainly a display of wisdom and it is but you know there's another part to this story that I think is equally as as important and um so what we have in this story that I want to bring out is that we have this, we have two women and they're contesting whose son is, is the live one and the dead one. And they're trying to find out who, and the king is trying to find out whose uh, child it really is. And so he comes up with this scheme to cut the child in half or to pretend to cut the child in half. And so the, the, the mother, the real mother, you know, is, is, is horrified and says, okay, fine, give that, give that child to the, to the, uh, to the, um, to the other woman and the other woman says no no cut him in two so that neither of us can have will have that, that, that the child so what we have here what we have here is is, and this is what I want to talk about we have the emotion of envy and I think in these times that we have now, when we're talking about socialism, when we're talking about, you know, the rich, and we're talking about who's got what and how much of what everybody's got, and on and on and on, you know, I think I think envy might be a good thing to explore, and how dangerous and of emotion envy really is, and how all of us have it to some extent. And but others, uh, you know, but some just can't seem to control it, or even recognize it as a vice, or recognize it as a sin. But they just go with it, and they scream hysterically, and and, and they and they put on this social justice facade, when in fact it's not really social justice they're, they're 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 asking for. What they want is is what they what they're harboring is envy for those who do who they think have more, and they want to uh, bring them down. I don't know if they if they, you know necessarily these people want more they just don't want others to have it and this is what we have in this story the story here is this you know you can tell that it's envy because the 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 woman whose child it is not is willing to sacrifice and all she wants is that this other woman doesn't have a child. She doesn't really want a child. She just doesn't want this woman to have a child. And that's you know that's not even that's not even saying that's not even saying that that uh, she wants a son. She doesn't even want a son. She doesn't want a child. She simply doesn't want somebody else to have something that she doesn't have. And that is that is the envy part of this of this um of this story, where she's willing to and 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 uh, she's where she's willing to sacrifice the life of that child to put him to death, so that she can satisfy her feelings of envy, her feelings of being somehow discounted, or or her feelings of being um uh, you know not favored by 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 fortune, fate, or God. She wants this child put to death. And that, and that, I think, is, is, is at least as important as the, as the message of wisdom here, that, that, that Solomon is able to root out what the real motive is behind what this uh, uh, a false mother is up to. He exposes her envy. He exposes her sin. He exposes her as a fake and a fraud. And, and you know, some, you really have to wonder how much of, of our political climate today is also, you know, kind of enveloped in this, this, this fraudulent uh, uh, effort to take, you know, to, to, to spread the wealth by taking others down. But I don't, you know, I don't want to get too political. But but it really, it, it strikes me as very much a similar type of, uh, of of an attitude or a way of thinking that, that inspires this, this this type of uh, goings on that we see today. And really, it's you know, this envy is the desire and and the coveting of another's property. And, and and sometimes it's envy. It, it, a lot of times it's not that they want this property or they want this riches or fame or whatever. They don't want you to have it because they don't have it. So so it it really tries to tear down instead of build up. It tries to um tries to cut underneath and 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 uh, and and so that. Everything can be leveled down to its lowest common uh, place. And really, when you when when you look at this this uh, envy, I mean, you really have to say that it really is the 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 basis, the animating spirit for much of our our uh, uh, much of the political and uh social upheaval that we have experienced in life and particularly in the last um uh century and continuing on into this century it it's really it's it's it stands at the as the foundational as much as these people want to say that it's equality and it's opportunity and blah 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 and really at the heart of this is is i i believe it's envy it's been called, called the politics of envy and it's true and it really is the basis of egalitarianism it's the basis of communism it's the basis of socialism this the politics of envy this 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 emotion of envy is widespread and it's dangerous if we let it if if we let it get the better of us casting an envious eye upon the good fortune of others hearing about the good news of others and not being not rejoicing uh, in it, and uh you know having that little sinking feeling is of uh well, how come I'm not you know how come I don't have fortune like that or or whatever and uh you know we all we all do it and you and uh you know it's 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 not a it's not a uh, sin to to play with it's not a vice to uh to fool around with because it can have terrible and awful consequences if it's allowed to uh to take root. And it often drives people to murderous acts of contempt and hatred because they feel somehow slighted by by God or by the fortunes of fate. And if it's left unchecked and unrepented, it lashes out at others, placing blame on others. It desires to strip others of what they have. It desires to tear down. It desires to ruin. It lashes out in completely irrational hatred, fury, and contempt. Not so much because they want what you've got, but they don't want you to have what you've got. They can level you out. We can go back to Cain and Abel to find a a very early example of uh, of envy working its uh, insidious uh, evil. Cain becomes more and more envious of Abel's blessings and good favor from God because Abel sacrifices in truth and spirit where Cain apparently isn't isn't willing to and he becomes more and more envious of Abel and he becomes more and more um his his heart grows harder and his in his, his soul grows darker until that 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 day that you know that God comes to him and says look uh Cain, you got you got to you got to put a check on this. I mean, it's crouching at your door and it wants to have you. But you have to learn to master it. But Cain doesn't listen. The envy, the envy in his in him, in him is too great, and he succumbs to it. And so, where does his envy take him? He kills his brother, and he becomes the first uh, recorded murderer. And he murdered because he harbored the bitterness of envy in his heart. Until this bitterness springs up, springs to life. Committing murder. Cain envied Abel's blessings and position. And so Cain felt justified in striking down his brother. It didn't give Cain any any better blessings from God. Cain gained nothing out of it other than the satisfaction of killing the one, be getting rid of the one, who tormented him, who inspired these thoughts of envy. And was it not envy that caused Lucifer to challenge God's authority, setting the stage for what we have uh, for this continuous... Um, um, maelstrom of of of, uh, of bitterness and uh, and uh, and sin that, that 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 this world has become setting the stage for our current struggles with sin that we have been in ever since that 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 um, envy that Lucifer felt because God had such power and Lucifer desired it. And now he just uh, wants to ruin everything that bears the image of God. He wants to take what is rightfully God's. He's envious of God's ultimate authority. And was it not envy of David that caused Saul's sin? And rebellious attitude and hatred of David, David's victory in war when it, where he comes back from war, and the people are singing his praises and they are saying Saul kills thousands, but David kills by the tens of thousands. And Saul heard this and he became filled with with hatred and and, and bitterness towards David. And so what does he do? He tries to track down and, uh, and track down um, King David or David and 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 kill him. Because he's envious of him, because he knows that, that he's he's uh, he's um he's become the favorite of the people. He casts an envious eye upon him and, and just and just hunts him down like as though, you know, David were his enemy. And 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 David loved King Saul. And David would have done anything for him. But because of his uh, envious uh, uh, attitude towards David, all all Saul could do was was just want him dead. And of course, the whole thing just crumbles in on Saul. He loses his position as king. He falls upon his sword. He ends up in an ignominious death. and that's a lot where uh, envy winds up it it envy can never bear good fruit it can never produce what you're hoping it will produce it will never uh 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 satisfy you it's because it can't because sin can't satisfy you you can get rid of your source of envy but you'll find something else to envy because you've got that spirit of envy in you and 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 you and and you haven't offered it up to to Christ and and just and, and sought wisdom trying to understand that that whatever somebody else has, they have for whatever reason, to be content with what you have and what you possess. Was it not envy that drove Absalom to challenge his father's, David's kingdom? Was it not envy of, 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 his, of, of, of David that just caused him to, to set his heart against his father? And, and, and look how he, he uh, wound up. After causing so much grief because of his, his uh, envious attitude towards his father and seeking the power that his father had. He winds up hanging from a tree. How many people did he take down with him? How many how many people died in his in his efforts to uh, satisfy his envy? And it's like that all around us. It just it, it never produces any good fruit. It just lays waste to everything. It lays waste to relationships. It lays waste to friendships. It lays waste to everything. It's poison it can never it can never result in anything positive there's nothing positive about it it's a devious and 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 nasty uh sin was it not envy that caused joseph's brother to conspire against him because joseph was his uh father's favorite now i don't know you know if jo if uh If um, Jacob was uh, correct in being so uh, blatantly obvious as to who was his favorite son, nevertheless, uh, Joseph's brothers were envious. And they were going to leave him for dead in that pit. And they and they and they committed a terrible sin against them. Was it not envy of his, of his position with the father that caused him to uh, cause Joseph's brothers to uh, to do this terrible thing to him? And was it not envy of God that caused man's fall in the garden? Was it not us trying to seek, trying to trying to trying to uh, be God, trying to have the the uh, attributes of God to be like Him? To capture his power, to capture whatever whatever he had did not was it not envy of God that that caused us to uh, take from that from that forbidden tree? Envy just creates all kinds of hardship, and nobody knows where it can wind up. You know, you might think you have a fairly level personality, but if you let this... But if, you know, that seed of envy gets into your heart, who knows where that could could uh end, end up you know you see it in the workplace all the time you know one person gets ahead or, or one person gets another a, a, a position and and uh, you know uh, some of the co-workers become envious of their of their uh, the favor that was bestowed upon them and and you know it just ruins relationships it ruins friendships it can work ruin a work environment and can make everybody miserable and who knows where how how it ends And has it not been envy of the Jews and their particular heritage and their particular uh, receiving of the promises of God that have just created so much uh, hatred of them? I think that's what is at the root of this uh, anti-Semitism. It's just this this sort of uh, ancient primordial understanding and, and envy of the Jews as God's, we shall say, chosen people, chosen to bring forth... Our Savior, and somehow the you know they they just you know the the culture of the Mideast just kind of kind of knows that they they don't really express it like that, but it is envy of their particular of their particular um, position and their particular uh, part of the of God's plans. And that isn't that, that type of envy and that type of, of, uh, of the hatred that en- this envy causes, I mean what else can be the cause of, of the of, of of the Jews being such a, an object of ridicule and hatred that, that somebody that, that a culture that was relatively decent and, and civilized would just turn on them and just and just you know murder them by the millions and ovens and, 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 and what have you. I mean, it, there has to be something more, something very deep and primordial and ancient in that type of hatred. It's just not something that that Hitler at that time whipped up. This is something that's been going on for a long time. This hatred of the Jews, and it's you know, it goes goes right back to the to the to the very beginning, and and where the Jews have received you know the prophets and the law and and Moses and and uh, you know. God chose them as his instrument to bring forth a savior not because anything they had particularly done but because that was because that was the choices that God made that was the grace of God you know being being expressed in some way towards this group of people so that his plans of bringing forth a savior could be worked out. I'll tell you something else that was, that, that was envy that just completely, that just completely turned the world inside out and upside down was the uh, World Trade Center, bombings. The planes hitting the world trade you know the the uh the 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 Muslims have this this rage these uh Islamists have this rage against uh the West and against uh you know uh, uh America and and uh, Israel in particular and 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 they claim it's because we're infidels and we're this and we're that and we're evil and we're and we're you know the son of Satan and uh we're big Satan and little Satan but in fact you know what it is it's envy it's envy because their cultures are stuck in the eighth century, and they see the prosperity and the freedom of, of of Western culture, and and it just it just it drives them crazy. They they they, they can't handle it. The, the envy in them just gets to a boiling point, and to the boiling point of murdering. By the thousands of, of wanting to wipe out the entire Western culture, and it's envy that has inspired that. It's nothing else. It's not wanting to to um to uh work for Muhammad. It's not wanting and uh, you know the glo- the glory to Muhammad. It's not working to bring righteousness to the world. No, it's an expression of envy that brought those World Trade Centers down and the Pentagon bombings and every other act of terrorism and atrocity that's committed in the name of Muhammad. It's envy because they they have themselves stuck there. Their their faith can't move beyond the eighth century, and all it does is produce authoritarianism and and just and just the societies that just are just aren't aren't moving forward in any sense. So it was envy that caused them to to uh, to come in and uh, do their deed. You know, I was uh, when I was going to college. I uh, I studied a, a, I, I took a, an anthropology course, and they had a, a, a they had a course on um, you know ancient or er, uh, not ancient societies, but tribal societies. Uh, these primitive uh, jungle societies. And there was one uh you know, I forget if it was an African tribe or a South American tribe, but they were called the uh the, the Kungs, K U N G. And you know, they were your your, you know, typical sort of uh isolated jungle tribe, you know, the the uh, the loincloths and the and the uh, bow and arrow and, and whatever, you know, other primitive uh instruments they had and and what what they and what they did in this society is what is they um is that how they controlled or how they expressed envy or controlled uh controlled it uh, was that they uh anybody who you know they really valued the hunter because obviously the hunter brings in um brings in the food you know so the the good hunter well, it was 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 appreciated, but they had a flip side to this, and that was that that, that if a man, that if a, a particular uh, uh, individual in that tribe became became successful, particularly well known for hunting, or particularly well known, you know, for this or for that, they would sit him down, and the whole tribe would just would just insult him and rag him and bring up everything they could against him, and just and just harass him, and and just and just belittle him, and just and just keep him keep him. You know, keep him, you know, uh, uh, distressed and 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 stuff like that. And 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 the purpose of it was so that his head wouldn't get prideful. But also, I mean, it, also you can see in that that it's an expression of envy as well and in this type of envy this type of say of 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 looking jealously of, of upon the one who was successful it is it any wonder why the why that particular tribe or that particular culture is still in the jungles because anything that's successful or anything that 's good or anything anybody that stands out instead of rejoicing with him instead of you know Honoring him and, 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 and encouraging others to do to do well and to put forth their best effort, what it does is take the person who's 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 done well and just belittle them and knock him down and keep him in his place so that he doesn't become prideful. So that you can express your envy more like it. So I, I I found that interesting. How you know no, no society can advance. I don't care if it's if it's the society or the culture in the jungle, or it's a, it's a it's a complicated and huge uh, civilization such as we live in now. If you take that, if you take that spirit of envy and you apply it, it does nothing but destroy and tear down. It doesn't rejoice with those who, who rejoice; it casts an envious eye upon those who have done well. And it just leads to ruin. It goes to nowhere. It can't, you know. It's just, it's, it's just not going to work. God is not going to a bless a culture that that just that just uh, uh, feeds their spirit of envy and expresses it in such ways. And lastly. Which I found interesting. The common story, and it's and it's and it's true, but it's not the whole truth. It is true that Jesus was crucified because he claimed to be the Son of God. And anybody who claims to be claims to be the Son of God puts himself on an, on a position in, in in Jewish society in a position as being equal with God, and that's blasphemy. And blasphemy was punishable by death, and 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 the Pharisees and the Pharisees uh, wanted him dead because he com- he committed this 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 uh, the, this sin of sins. He he blasphemed and he puts himself on an equal footing with God by calling himself the Son of God. And because uh, you know the, the 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 law says that such a such a man must be put to death, they felt justified in be in being in uh, in. In putting Jesus to death, having him crucified by the Romans. But there's another side to this story as to why Christ went to the cross, as to why the Pharisees were so insistent on, on, on getting rid of Jesus. It's because Jesus now... Had become popular and had favor with the people, and all the Pharisees and all the leaders of the Jews and the Sadducees and and whoever s- sat in their councils of authority, they all saw what favor Christ was having with the people, how everybody was being drawn to him, and how everything was. You know, the 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 Pharisees were losing their position; they were losing their 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 author, their authoritative um uh, state of state of their position within that society. They felt threatened. By this, and 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 in in, in uh, Matthew twenty seven, it says Pilate knew this. Knew what? He knew this: that the Jews wanted Jesus put to death because they were jealous of him, not because he claimed to be the Son of God, not because because he did works on 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 uh, on the Sabbath, not because he healed on the Sabbath, or because he, he did this or did that, did that. They were envious of him, and that spirit of envy is what caused the Son of God, to be crucified on a cross. And that's how dangerous and nasty of a sin it really is. It drove the people to deicide. And that's why I wanted to do a sermon on it. Because it's a nasty, dangerous, and evil sin. It's nothing to be played with. They were jealous of him. They were envious of him. They saw where 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 he was. Uh, you know, he spoke wisdom, and he spoke. You know, and he and he spoke to them, and he answered them. And you know, and he uh, he, he had an answer for everything that they uh, every point of opposition they brought brought to him. Give unto uh, Caesar what is Caesar, and unto God what is God's. And then from there on in, they shut up because they couldn't beat him at that game. And the crowd saw that. And, and, and the Pharisees must have been somewhat humiliated and embarrassed by, by, by the wisdom and the, and the sharpness of Christ and how he just blew them off so easily. And he just became jealous of him, And they hated him for that reason. Not because he pretended to be this or that. There was probably a million guys that pretended to be this or that that never went to the cross. But they wanted something particularly evil for Christ because they were envious of him. This man was no clown. He was a force to be reckoned with, and they knew that. They knew there was something very special about Jesus. They felt it in their hearts. They knew it from their conversations with him. They knew it from from how many people were following him. They knew it by his demeanor, by his wisdom, by his strength. They knew this guy was special. They knew there was something about him that just that that just didn't sit well with them. He threatened them in every way possible he threatened their authority he threatened their position he threatened their way of life he had to go he had to be crucified they were jealous of him Pilate knew it and so there you have the ultimate expression of envy that the Son of God was led to the cross at least in considerable part. I mean, obviously the charges of blasphemy and whatever else gave them cover and allowed them to uh, 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 to do what they did in a, in a uh, quasi-legitimate way. But they knew what was in their hearts. They understood what was going on they weren't offended by his claims to be this or that they were offended by him they were jealous of him they were jealous of christ because they knew him to be a king they knew it in their hearts they knew that 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 he threatened their every interpretation of 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 old testament scripture they knew it meant a whole way of life if, they've, if they succumbed it to his, uh, to his teachings, to his wisdom, to the truth. But of course, they couldn't because they were blinded, and they were blinded for a purpose, because Christ had to go to the cross. So that's what envy did. And the parable of the tenant, the man the 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 men killed him because he was uh uh because he was uh, sent from the father. You know, he he went to collect collect uh he sent servants first and they killed the servants and then he uh, the God the the owner sent the sent his son and they knew that if they killed the son, what was the what was rightfully the son's could possibly be theirs, because they envied his position with the father. Thou shalt not covet anything that belongs to your neighbor. We must not cast that envious eye. upon others for that sin does crouch at our door but Paul tells us to rejoice with those who rejoice that's what love is to be happy with those who are happy to those who have uh, received good favor in one way or another we're not to cast an envious eye but we're to cast a, a thankful eye and mourn with those who mourn and james says uh, that that we that we that we ask and uh, and uh, that we pray for things and we don't receive it why because we ask with the wrong motives and what is that motive the motive is personal gain and 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 uh, and envy and we kill and quarrel because we don't get what we want because we because we envy this and we envy that and and we ask God for this and God for that and you really think he's going to give it to us you really really think that blessing is going to be poured out upon us when he knows that what the interior workings of our spirit is really just just an, an, uh, a spirit of envy <coughs> no it's not going to happen And it's envy. Where where does it come from? It comes from fundamentally a lack of faith. It comes from fundamentally believing that that what we have here is all there is. And all that glitters and shines and, and, and bedazzles us, that that's all there is. That there's nothing behind all this stuff. There's no truth that lies behind. We have been, be, being, we have been so propagandized by, by, science, by technology, by everything else that that, that that there's no deep questions to explore anymore, and there's certainly no God to seek and to find, and that so that just produces within us a very, as one guy, one writer put it, a very small soul. because it can't explore the big questions now all it can explore now is how to make money and how to be successful because that's all there is that's where this this age has taken us it's nihilism it's 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 all the uh, the predictions of the of the philosophers or of, of the 19th the 18th and 19th and 20th century constantly uh, bar Bombarding us with uh, with uh, their atheism and their and their cynicism, and this is where it is led. Indeed, when the Son of Man returns to earth, will he find faith? I don't know. I mean, obviously, there's going to be some faith, but but as a general rule, you know, Jesus is saying that the that that the that the power and and the and the magic and the beauty. Of faith and of knowing truth, it's not going to be sought anymore. Because we've discarded the big questions of life and now we're all just acting in utilitarian ways of of, of trying to be successful and trying to get ahead and trying to do this and trying you know. And never thinking that 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 that, that, the, that the that the knowledge of God is worth attaining or worth fighting for. Never seeking, never asking, never knocking. That's where that spirit of envy comes from. Thinking, you know, thinking that everything is here and there's nothing, nothing being offered after our deaths. In a lot of people's minds, the uh, the issues of uh, eternal life and and God they've been settled, and they've been settled in that it's not worth looking for. And if you can't and if you can't entertain these these and and think about these these things, these these uh, uh, fundamental things, the nature of things, and 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 uh, looking and seeking and asking and and looking and seeking for God. You know, where does that leave your soul? It leaves your soul so constricted and so small and so feeble that all it understands now is personal gain and money and wealth and how to be successful. The big questions are not worth entertaining anymore. I remember one thing in uh, the Communist Manifesto that Marx said <clears throat> he said about the questions of God, let us not think about that anymore. Right there it is. Let us not entertain the thoughts of God. You know, it just gets in the way, it's futile, it's fruitless. So let's just, you know, worry about or let's just concentrate on, on you know, advancing this new religion I've come up with for you. This new religion of communism where the original sin is private property. It's a faux religion. It's a fraud. It's a fake. He takes many of his principles right out of the Bible and he twists them in some insidious, nasty way. He knows what he's doing. It's from a failure of vision, not recognizing our potential glory and our ultimate purposes in life. like Esau, we're settling for a for a, a pot of porridge and in due time, we regret trading in our birthright for the pot of, pot of porridge. How often has God seen men build empires and fortunes and put your trust in these things that moth and rust destroy and are here today and gone tomorrow and where thieves break in? How foolish and pathetic and sad must this be in God's eyes that Satan carries away so many with the things that shine for a little bit of gold or a pat on the back or a little bit of congratulations a little bit of adulation a little bit of fame and the ironic and, and uh, the thing about all this is that the most precious possession we can have is completely free available to whoever would want to come to the waters of life who would humble their heart and believe and receive that which God has promised for us. It's free. Let him come to the let him come and take what's free. Isaiah says something somewhere like that. It's a free gift. You don't need money, you don't need fame, you don't need anything except a humble heart and a willingness to seek, trust, and know God, and to love him. For he has uh, in store for us an inheritance that is just, that that is unimaginable, and that free gift surpasses any fortune that we might cast our envious eyes upon, and our work ourselves to death to obtain. It is the gift of eternal life in Christ Jesus, the peace of God. The reconciliation of Christ at the cross, our salvation. If we understood that there's deep and 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 beautiful beautiful things behind, behind you know behind everything that we experience and see, that 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 seeking truth is worth it, that seeking God is is, is has rewards unimaginable. But as a society and as a civilization, we've been talked out of it we can't even now we can't even discern between male and female anymore we've been so so uh, educated to the point of imbecility i mean we actually think it's that that kind of stuff is legit we we've been, we've been not not now we we believe it's a it's a mark of honor and righteousness if if sexual perversion is doesn't bother us anymore and and uh, you know it's everything is being flipped upside down and we're being seduced left and right and people go along with it merrily to prove what? to prove their their virtue or what? And, 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 and they're trading in the wisdom of men for the wisdom of God when everything is said and done and obtained or gained on earth nothing can compare to the glory that God has in store for us this is the message of Christ that whosoever would just come to the waters of life he shall make, make the weak strong, he shall make the brokenhearted rejoice and the poor will be rich. You know, who knows why some people obtain great riches while others struggle through no matter what they do. But you know, we all have an equal shot at obtaining the uh, glory and the grace of Christ. All it takes is a humble heart, a willingness to step back for a moment and entertain the bigger questions of life. Christ invites us all, all of humanity, to drink from the river of life and receive life at the foot of the cross. And at the uh, at the end of Psalm twenty-two, where you know it talks about his crucifixion it says and posterity will serve him future generations will be told about the Lord and, and that psalm 22 is talking about the uh, the crucifixion and, and the ultimate glorification of Christ and it says at the end and they will proclaim his righteousness to a yet to a people yet unborn for he has done it Christ has done it the impossible. He has obtained for us eternal life. And when we put that and when we understand that envy loses its hold because we have something far greater than silver and gold. We have something that was bought with the precious blood of Christ. We have something far more precious. We have an inheritance that that we cannot imagine because Christ has done it. So let us shake off all that, that hinders our walk with Christ. Let us not entertain thoughts of envy. Let us rejoice with those who rejoice. Let the successful have the fruits of their success. Let the rich be rich. Let those who have, have. But for those who have Christ, you have everything. We have everything that matters for those who have Christ. And for those who don't have Christ, even what they have will be taken away. So, that's my word. Um, concerning that particular sin. It's a dangerous one. It's a destructive one. They all are, of course. But there's something particularly violent about envy. There's something particularly vile about it. Because envy can stir such Um, emotions and such anger and such resentment that people will do things that they never thought they would. And you can see it at work in our country right now. The rage that is just being expressed and the violence that just seems to be right around the corner. I think we should pray for those people that, uh, and pray for our country that we don't take that step off. You know, we don't cross that line. So anyhow, that's a warning about envy. Nasty little sin. And I'm going to read from Ephesians. And wrap it up. So from chapter 3 Paul writes For this reason I kneel before the Father from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Great words, aren't they? It's beautiful words. That's why, uh, that's why uh, Christ made made uh, Paul an apostle, because he recognized this type of beautiful work that he could do. He saw in Paul, you know, this type of understanding of things, and he wanted him for that so he goes on now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us to him be glory in the church and in christ jesus throughout all generations forever and ever amen love you all in christ go in peace